right, welcome everybody to the second episode of the Six Men Podcast, where we talk all things Raptors basketball, and we might get into a little bit of some other NBA stuff later on. There's a lot of breaking news to do with the Raptors this week as far as free agency goes. Uh, There's a lot of other news as well, where we're playing and basically what is going on with the organization. That's right. Yeah, the the first big piece, I guess, is... Last episode, we were kind of waiting to see where we were going to play. And you know my feelings about it and your feelings too, which was we don't really want to play anywhere else. We want to play in Toronto in front of the fans. Obviously, it's complicated because of COVID-19. Obviously. But almost immediately after that episode, yeah, breaking news, the Toronto Raptors are playing in Tampa Bay, Florida at the Emily Center or Arena or whatever the fuck it's called, where the... Uh, NHL team, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning play. Yeah, so that's basically cuck number one of the day. Yeah. Yeah, like basically what happened is we put the Toronto Raptors put together a proposal uh, for the Canadian government and the, and, and the federal government basically said no. They basically banned us from playing. Now, for anybody listening that's not in Canada, we just went into our second lockdown. We take coronavirus very seriously here, unlike the U.S., so it was kind of the writing was on the wall. It just sucked because, you know, it's just another disadvantage. You know, we're not playing in another conference. So we're going to travel more than probably any other team because we're going to have to be flying up regularly. Not that it's a long flight, but it's just more. If we were based in Buffalo and stuff, it would have been a lot easier. Though apparently our players wanted to play in the cesspool that is Florida. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just basically another disadvantage that we have as the only Canadian basketball team yeah, in the NBA. Exactly. You know, they're paid to play basketball. They're not played to be smart. So that's another reason why they chose to pick that shithole. But no state income tax because, you know, they yeah. got to keep on getting that bottle service. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Got to keep on getting... Those strippers. Isn't Tampa Bay where uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, didn't he get busted in Tampa Bay? Uh, tug and rub? Yeah, getting the hand jobs. Probably. And you know what? Our players are probably thinking, you know what? That sounds like a pretty good They probably thing saw the Robert Kraft story and thought, hey, that looks good. If, if Pascal plays better with a little rub and tug, that's fine with me. Oh, yeah. I, I actually, I think prostitutes and hand jobs are great for team morale. <laughs> strippers as well so we'll see uh maybe playing in tampa bay could be really good for the team yeah and the second piece of information is uh one of our two big free a- free agents was uh you know fred van fleet uh point guard one mvp finals mvp vote from our uh, good friend Hubie brown he signed back for a four-year 80 million dollar deal 85 85 million dollar deal to break it down real quick for you, you know, a lot of the market that was going after Van Fleet was drying up quickly. We met with him in Chicago on Saturday, second day, made the deal. Uh, comparatively, it looks like a great deal. This is a league of teams that are paying idiots like Davis Bertans. <laughs> $80 million yeah. to shoot some threes. And Joe Harris, which is, you know, he's all right. But they're paying him $75 million. So getting Red Van Vliet, who's an all-star level player and probably is going to get a little bit better, 
85 million dollars that 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 seems like a good deal what do you think do you think it was a it, it was a little bit too much like the raptors could have paid less for him because the market for him was closing up yeah like he probably could have played a, paid a little bit less but the thing is here and i think this is worth noting too it's like he is part of the championship core he played big minutes for us you're paying him a little extra for that and that's fine and if you look at the structuring of the deal as was reported um basically the second year of this deal he's taking less money like he gets an eight percent or an eight percent drop gives a little bit of wiggle room for that 2021 free agency which again was the whole point of all of this it's to get into the free agency and land Giannis, land Bradley Beal, land whoever you want to land in a, in a in a year that has a lot of free agents. And you know what? If that had anything to do with Fred being like, yeah, that's that's okay with me, he probably wants to win more too. It makes sense for him. So you probably could have got him at 70, 75, but 80 is a great deal. It's comparable to other point guards that I'd say are worse. Brogdon, others like that. Even a Terry Rozier who is fucking washed already in yeah. Charlotte. So, you know, it, I think it was good money. Also, maybe the organization wanted to show him a little bit that he's an, he plays a very important role. Yeah. You know, he's part of the future. You know, it's him. It's OG. It's Siakam. You know, they made it very adamant that they were number one uh, or that Fred was number one for them going into free agency here, which is important. And that might lead way into our second big free agents, uh, Serge Ibaka, who, you know, based off of everything that was going on, we thought he was going to resign mainly because he had waited uh, on the first day. Most of the good people got snatched up and he could have left on, on, on Friday, but we're like, okay, well, he's waiting for Fred. Once they sort that out, they'll get him sorted out. They did meet with him. He didn't end up doing that. He went to the Clippers. He also kind of, alluded to the fact like a week ago that he was going to be staying yeah. in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he was a big fan of the city. He was always a big promoter of it, which is interesting why he he's dipping. But he went to the Clippers for two years, 19 million. Second year is an option. So there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, fuck the Clippers. Yeah. I just want to say the Clippers may be the worst organization in the history of sports. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Their GM, Michael Winger, is a weird, bald fuck. <laughs> I hate that guy. They need to stop poaching our goddamn players. Yeah. Isn't it weird that two years in a row we get fucked by the Clippers? The Clippers just want to be Toronto. You know, from their weird shit where they were sending Lawrence Frank here to like talk to our guys to then Kawhi leaving, good riddance, whatever. Uh, then for Serge Ibaka, it doesn't make sense for him. Really. One of the benefits of Serge Ibaka playing here is the pick and roll where he gets a lot of points. There's no guard. You have that washed up bug-eyed freak and Patrick Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> like literal shit tier player. He's not going to be pick and rolling with Serge. Serge gets kind of overrated these days as a defender. He's not a great defender. And... He gets a lot, a lot of points from that mid-range pick-and-pop type play, and I don't know where he's going to get that. Is he going to run the pick-and-pop with Kawhi? Like, I don't know, man. Like, it just, it doesn't, 
if he wants to win, that's not the move. I don't really care that he left, but that's not necessarily the winning spot. If anything, you should have gone to the Lakers. If he would have gone anywhere else, I would have been not nearly as mad as him going to the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers fucking suck. And what pisses me off, and I think what's pissing a lot of people off that you're seeing online, is, again, it doesn't really matter that Serge left, but it's the fact that it, it was on the second day. It was the end of the second day. Most of the big forwards had been taken by that garbage dump of a team, Detroit Pistons, first yeah. of all. <laughs> yeah. um, but it leaves us with little to nothing left, you know. But Serge, Serge did post today, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll read what he said here. This is what he said about Toronto. How to explain what Toronto, Canada, and the Raptors mean to me? I was welcomed to a new country and a new team more than three years ago, and I felt at home from day one. I really feel blessed I've played for the city, these fans, and the organization. The love I've received during this journey, I will never forget. I want to thank Larry Tannenbaum and the MLSE and the whole Toronto Raptors organization. It was really a great organization that takes care of its players, and I am thankful that I became an NBA champion with them. I've had great teammates, front office, and staff next to me, and of course, a fan base that is second to none. So thank you to Toronto, thank you to Canada, and thank you Raptors. I'm one of yours forever. You know what I got to say about that? <laughs> what? The guy comes here, he does his weird fucking Christmas specials. Lafuzi <laughs> Plays all right, does his f- cooking show, it makes it seem like he loves this place. OG? And then heads out to goddamn go live in the shadow of LeBron. Yeah, the Clippers are just not a good team. They didn't make good moves. How could you watch last year's postseason and be like, you know what fucking team I want to go for? The L.A. Clippers. Yeah. And you know what? Kawhi left because he said he thought he couldn't win another championship (laughs) with Toronto. Yeah. They're also going for Marc Gasol now. So they're trying to recreate Toronto without half of the good pieces. Like, you got that cheating scrub and... Paul George. Yeah, Paul George who, is a first-class bitch. Who denied DNA testing with his daughter and then finally came around to it. He's a shitty human being. Yeah, and he's a he's a he's just a whiny, yeah. injury-prone, you know, gets pissed off at his own team player. And, like, look, we're, we're pretty hard on the Clippers here, but it's just I lack respect for the organization. And I'm surprised players have respect for the organization. They've been a dumpster fire for like 40 years they're they're shit but with that you know thanks to Serge you know I you know I think the fan base had a lot of problems with him but they respect him he was a good locker room influence he was great with the young guys he really kind of grew into his own here I think he had his best years here honestly and uh he helped us win a championship he was a solid piece he was a solid component of that championship run so Thank you, Serge. Uh, thank you for what you did here. I can't really cheer for you with the Clippers, but uh, yeah, thanks for doing what you did. And really, that that's left us in a tough spot because with Serge going, we technically only have two forwards. Duwan Hernandez, who, as I think the assistant GM of the Raptors said uh, in the last few days, Basically, they're treating it as a rookie season for him because he was injured and like didn't play last year. Oh yeah, and he he wasn't a high prospect anyway. I hope he works, but like I don't want to count on him. And then we have Pascal Siakam for the four. 
So, you know, it looks like Boucher is probably going to come back, but he's still an RFA. Like, I don't think he'll get another offer, but like, again, that's not a starting center in, in Boucher. He's a, he's an off the bench kind of guy. Yeah. We don't have anyone to fill that position. So we can take a look at, there's a lot of names running around and Hey, maybe during the fucking episode here, somebody will sign, but yeah, we got the Woj alerts ready to go. You know, we looked at Christian Wood. He signed with Houston. We looked at Harry Giles, who you're scraping the bottom of the fucking barrel if you're looking for Harry Giles, injury prone, not a great player. Yeah, these are the people that we're looking for, and they average like six points a season. They're garbage. But the top of the list left right now is like you could look at somebody like Aaron Baines, who's 6'10, 260, Ginger Minge. Yeah. Freak of a guy. A <laughs> uh, big guy, too. 260? Yeah. That's he's, a tank. That's a thick boy. Yeah. He was playing with Phoenix, and before that, he had a good run with Boston. He averaged 11 points, and uh, he shot 31.5 from three. Not great. His contract's good, though, because we have yeah. an MLE. We got around, I think it's, you know, we don't really want to be paying more than, like, $10 million for a guy for a year or two. So... He was coming in around $5 million on his last contract here. So you got him. You kind of just need warm bodies, and he's probably the best warm body. He's the least shittiest warm body, you know? Yeah, he would be He would be someone that I would be happy to see kind of step into this role. Like, he's not the most ideal candidate, obviously, but yeah. when you're picking from scraps, you got to yeah. get the juicy piece of fat that <laughs> is Aaron Baines. And speaking of scraps and shit, you've got... Alex Len, I thought he was dead, honestly. Like, I didn't even know he was alive still. He's, I think he was drafted fifth overall by Phoenix in like 2015. And he's seven foot. He's 250. He averaged like eight points and six rebounds last year. And his contract came in at a whopping 4.3 million. God damn, this guy's a pinhead. Yeah, he's a Ukrainian guy. Not great. I don't even know if he can dribble. Uh, So you got him. You got Bismack, our old friend, the Biz, yeah. who was with us during our DeRozan, Dwayne Casey years. Bismack is like a black hole on offense, but man, he can get boards. And he's a solid defender, a little undersized, but that doesn't really matter because he, he he's often guarding the biggest guy. Yeah. Um, you know, he'd be okay. We're the reason why he got his fat contract that he mm-hmm. did when he left here because he was playing with Kyle Lowry. He has chemistry with some of our guys. Bismack's okay if he comes in at the right deal, I think. Yeah, no, I think he could definitely play that role. Like, we just, we don't have anyone to do it. I love, like I said in the last episode, I absolutely love Chris Boucher, good Canadian boy. Mm -hmm. But he just, you know, he just doesn't have the weight. He does not have the weight to throw around with these guys. Like, Chris uh, Chris Boucher weighs 200 pounds. When you're playing against guys like Daniel Tice, who probably weigh like 250. Yeah. You do, you just get smacked Even around. Tice is a little bitch, but like he's yeah. pushing, he'd push him around. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy because like you look at the rest of the list we got here. We got Willie Caldwell Stein, five and four, trash can player. People are going crazy for Boogie Cousins. That dude hasn't been able to step foot on the court for like two years. Don't you remember the finals where he played against us when he was with Golden State? He's just a big fucking whiner and a locker room cancer. He's not the player we want on this team. We don't want to depend on him. I don't want to give him money. Yeah, you he's got, the worst. You got John Henson, who 
is a weird looking guy, first of all. But he yeah. was averaging five and four, washed up. <sighs> the best guy actually left, but who's been in a locker room cancer of sorts is Hassan Whiteside. He's a free agent. He averaged 15 and 13 last year. He's a big guy. He's like seven foot. He would do what we want, but is he going to come in for what we want? I don't know. I think he's trying to get a bigger contract. But again, if it's day three, day four, whatever, free agency, and nobody's picked him up, I think that's pretty telling. Yeah. Also, I feel like a lot of these, a lot of NBA players just don't really want to play in Canada because, you know, like, yeah. I, I guess it kind of makes sense. You, know, you grow They're, up all American. Yeah, it's and the then, brainwashing. Yeah, you you have to go to another country to play basketball. Yeah. And like I like obviously I wouldn't see it as an issue, but I think some of these guys uh, really think that it's a problem to have to come and play in a different country. Yeah, you like, know? look, I don't want to live in the states because I don't want to think about being shot every day. Yeah, so or I, I dying get it. of corona. Yeah, I get it. But uh, yeah, you know, you're a professional athlete. You get paid millions of dollars. Some of these guys are playing in China and shit anyway. So yeah. it's like you might end up in a concentration camp. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, or, you know, we could swoop in and get Anthony Davis. He hasn't technically signed that Lakers contract. No, he has not. <laughs> I, I, I tossed this on the list just because I thought, well, you know, Serge left us. Maybe there's still hope. Let's get the brown, man. Maybe we can get AD up in here. You 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 came up with something interesting. You did some research because, you know, we're a research pod. Yeah, we're a, we're a very much research-oriented podcast. And and with nobody playing those center roles, I looked in. I looked into some Harlem Globetrotter shit because <laughs> I thought I saw. I got sent a tweet about who who the person who's going to play our center position is Freddie standing on Kyle's shoulders. Yeah. And so I looked in. Oh, maybe we can do that. Maybe we could like do some lifting up people in front of the net you know or yep. throwing freddie through the air but apparently that is not allowed there's actually a, a official rule called an illegal assistance scoring mm -hmm. a player may not assist himself to score by using the basket ring or backboard to lift hold or raise himself a player may not assist a teammate to gain height while attempting to score which i think is a bullshit rule and it's another way for the NBA <laughs> to attack the, the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, like they probably did this rule back when Muggsy Bogues was playing for us. Oh, yeah, big time. That's and probably like, where it came from. You know, when Hakeem came here for one season lifting him up, I don't know if they crossed over, but I could see it happening. For sure. Charles O'Clear, some shit. You know, lifting up Muggsy Bogues to score the ball, they probably, you know, got us. The penalty is loss of ball. Well, we lose the ball every goddamn yeah, possession. Yeah, it doesn't anyway. matter. We get cucked anyways. That's right. So that's that's also off the list. We've got we got very few options now. Just as we were recording this, basically, Mark Mark Stein, who's a reporter, said that uh, for for the New York Times and ESPN and other shit, he said Toronto is still trying to keep Marcus Saul, but has strong interest in Markeith Morris as well. Now, Markeith, Philly guy, good good relationship with uh, Kyle Lowry. You know, he's an okay player. I don't really like his attitude. Those Morris brothers, I'm not really fans of. Yeah. They're a little whiny, you know. Yeah. But uh, we need bodies, and he's probably actually a better option. He can actually score the ball sometimes, and he's mobile. He kind of fits into the big category of today, you know. So I'd be okay with that. Now let's talk. Let's talk Gasol. Okay, we had written Gasol off mainly because it's like we were focused on Fred and, and Serge, right? Yeah. 
And earlier in the summer, there was a rumor coming out that that uh, Mark was done. He was going back to Spain. You know, he lives yeah, there. He didn't want to play in the NBA anymore. Yeah, he owns a team there. He looked a little washed by the time he got to the playoffs. And it was sad because I, I love Marc Gasol. I loved him. I watched a lot when he played with the Grizzlies. Amazing passer. Probably one of the best big men passers of all time. Def- former defensive player of the year. You know, used to be a fucking insane scorer, too, for, for what he was. Um, you know, he, he wasn't scoring a lot. We were asking him to some, some score some points, and he just really couldn't do it last playoffs. But his ability to defend still and affect the yeah. play on the court and pass was huge. So, like, now, based off of all the shit that happened, what are we looking like? Do we want Mark back? Do we make that a big priority? I don't know. Like, it, it really depends on... Uh, his ability to play you know he's an old guy uh he's got bad knees but last uh regular season he we relied on him a lot to get an open looks for threes Mm -hmm. because oftentimes teams will leave open the big guy you know to force them to shoot the three yep and you know there was times where he was getting three or four threes a game and sinking those and racking up points obviously in the postseason he struggled with that a lot he and wasn't the only one, though. No, he wasn't at all. Siakam struggled a lot in the postseason, too. Yeah. I saw some people saying, play play Pascal at the center. He'll have a mismatch. And and, and they're like, well, people are like, well, what about Joel Allen beating stuff? It's like, oh, he's too quick. I'm like, he was getting bodied by Marcus Smart, <laughs> who's several inches shorter than him. So let's yeah. scratch the idea that Siakam is going to play center. And just let's focus on... Getting Siakam just to be able to score at the basket on people his own size. Yeah. He's got to drive that net. Also, with the thinning of our front court, we can't really ask Gasol to play more than 20 minutes a game. And that doesn't really solve the issue. You know, we last year we were using him. He would come in at the beginning of the game. We'd get him the ball a lot. We'd run the offense through him a lot. Get him four, six points, a few boards. And then he'd be gassed at the six-minute mark. And then yeah. you'd sit him. And then you'd play him a little bit in the second half. And you'd try to close games. But sometimes even when closing games, he was gassed. So what do you do this year? Do you just play him at the end? I don't know. Do you do you start him off, let him sit, bring him in in the fourth quarter, and let try and have, like, if, if we don't sign any of these guys that we talked about, yeah. try and have, like, Boucher be a relief or OG be a relief for him? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because, like, look, it's not Mark's conditioning is not bad. He came in, especially into the bubble, really thin. He was really fit. He lost a lot of weight. I think that was to see if he could, you know, sustain a little bit better, and it didn't work. OG's going to have a way bigger role. He's going to have to, and he's going to probably take a lot of those opportunities that Serge had, where you're doing the pick and roll with, um, with Lowry and getting those mid range looks and you know fred's gonna have to get better at the pick and roll too but i don't know if mark's the answer obviously we need mark he's familiar with our system we know he can play he's a champion level player i would love to have him back we could probably get him back on a cheap deal but like i think you're gonna have to pair that with a marquise morris you're gonna have to pair that with uh one or two other guys you know there's obviously some g league guys that you could bring up and try out too but it's just a lot of uncertainty yeah and like with the g league you can't ask these guys who are rookies to you know go up against people who are all-star centers because it's just not gonna work out well you know yeah and you know we'll see what happens free agent center willie hernan gomez uh 
He's a weeny little white guy. He yeah. just he just as we were doing this has agreed to a one year minimum deal with New Orleans. So like, the the pool is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Also, it, I want to say great. one thing that's really funny. You know, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, let's give do on the let's give do on the go." Well, there was a video of him a few days ago working out with Jaleel Okafor, notoriously like trash tier high draft pick who hasn't been able to really pull anything out. Jaleel Okafor was like dogging this guy. Duan Duan Hernandez? Yeah, you couldn't defend him, dude. (laughs) It was Uh. really, really bad. And then guess what? Jaleel Okafor got a contract. So, like, guys, back off the Duan. Yeah. uh, I mean, like, I'm much more... The doo-doo. Relying on Chris Boucher to gain 40 pounds before December 22nd. Yeah, man. He's got to be packing that Chips Ahoy cookies. Get the Chips Ahoy going... And just put on that weight. Break so the lockdown. Guys. He's insecure about it. You know, know, when William Liu was was tweeting about it, he tweeted back, he's a little he's a little bit of a baby about that. Yeah. He's so he's so small. I don't know if you're gonna fill out his frame. But I don't know, guys. Let us know what you think. What do you want? Who do you want? If you come at me with Boogie Cousins, I'm probably gonna block your ass. Yeah. Get out of here with that. <laughs> I shit. hate Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. He he is probably one of the he's up there with like Harden. And his old buddy Steph Curry is like the biggest whiners in the hot league. Hot takes, hot takes, hot takes. <laughs> so let us know. You know, probably we're gonna record this and put this out, and then we'll have we'll have our really pathetic, pathetic answer of, of, of who's gonna be filling in those spots. But again, as always, you can follow the Six Men Pod uh, online, active on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram as well, on Facebook for you and your mom on the Facebook there, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Six Man Pod. Yeah, yeah.